Superman sheets, she murmured, her voice choked. I can do that. Chapter One The house was a total loss. Firefighter Lieutenant Jack O'Malley shone his bright light on the dripping walls, looking for anything that would provide a source for the smoke he was still chasing. Second-floor beams above him groaned as the building settled. Fire had shattered what had once been a beautiful, well-kept home. It was like walking around inside a sarcophagus. The place felt like it was dying. The kitchen smelled of something nasty, the sharp smell of burnt cleaning supplies making Jack's eyes water. Limp bananas were now hanging over a bowl whose apples looked like cooked mush. Coupons fluttered from the counter to the floor, turning to a sodden mass in the standing water. Pictures on the refrigerator had bled away color in the heat, leaving behind the ghosts of people barely discernible. The big calendar on the wall beside the phone had been reduced to darkened, curling pages. A family's life documented in dates and times and appointments gone. Jack let the light linger on the calendar. The month of November half marked off with X's. Today's date of the 15th, highlighted by something now illegible in bold red ink. Their vacation dates, he guessed. Thanksgiving was next week, and they'd chosen to travel early. He was grateful they hadn't been caught in the inferno. This was so incredibly senseless. The fire looked like it had been set. Jack could feel the weariness wash over him again, and behind it, building, the tick in his left eye that showed his growing anger. He'd like to find the man responsible for this and deck him. A wisp of gray caught his attention as the house breathed. Some smoke was coming through the central air ductwork. Jack touched his radio. Nate, check the utility room again. On it. Jack walked through what had once been the patio door, stepping out into the night. The massive spotlights from the fire engines in front of the house cast strange shadows onto the backyard through holes in the house where windows had never been intended. Popcorn. Jack stopped in his tracks when he spotted the white colonels lying at the edge of the deck, protected from booted feet by the waist-high wooden railing. The building anger surged, and fury swept through him. Someone had stood and watched the house burn, had come prepared to enjoy the sight. It was a signature he'd seen before. The white colonels were scattered, dropped as though stragglers from an overflowing fistful. Jack searched the area. A few of the unpopped grains that had been flicked into the flames lay burnt with hulls split in two. Jack had hoped with a passion this particular arsonist was going to stick to his nuisance fires of grass and trash. Instead, he'd just escalated to his first house. Fire was supposed to be an accident, not a weapon, not something enjoyed. Jack kicked a smoldering chunk of wood, ripped from a window frame away from the evidence. His job was turning into that of a cop. He hated arsonists. Painful experience from his past had taught him how ruthless a fire starter could become. 
destruction of property, innocent victims, injured firefighters. They had to find this guy before someone got hurt. He could fight a fire, but fighting a man... Jack felt like his hands were tied, and he hated the feeling of being helpless. He was an O'Malley. He wasn't a man to duck trouble. He preferred to go after it. This was clearly trouble. How was he supposed to go after a man who chose to be a coward and hide behind a match? Thanksgiving was coming, then Christmas, and he had enough on his plate already with his sister Jennifer fighting cancer to want to add this kind of tangle. The holidays were like waving an invitation to make trouble. He couldn't be two places at once. They had to stop this guy soon. But it was tomorrow's problem. Around him, the firefighters from Company 81 were pulling hose and shouting to be heard over the sound of a power saw. They were aggressively searching for hot spots within the burned-out house and trying to find the source of that smoke still rising like a wavering cobra into the air. Somewhere in the ruins, this fire was still alive. Jack pulled back on his gloves and looked over the ruins of the house with an experienced eye. A decade of fighting fires had taught him well for it wasn't a forgiving profession. Fire was an arrogant beast. If in control, it challenged with ferocious disdain anyone who approached. If forced to retreat, it liked to lie low, patiently, waiting. Then, exact a painful revenge. They'd find it, kill it, and another dragon would be slain. Cole... Jack got the attention of the fire investigator. There were few men who could dominate a fire scene just by being present. His friend Cole was one. 6'2", 180 pounds, prematurely gray at 42, Cole Parker had made captain at 36, a decade before most. He now led the arson group. Jack trusted the man in a way he trusted few outside his family. What do you have, Jack? With his flashlight, Jack illuminated the popcorn. Cole, a big man with a big shadow, stilled for a moment, then walked over to the deck. He's escalating, Jack said. Cole bent to pick up a colonel. We knew he eventually would. Five fires in seven weeks. He's not a patient man. He's ringing fires around the new boundaries of the fire district, Jack suggested knowing it was at least a clue to figuring out who the man was they had to stop. The smaller, older fire stations had been closing over the past months, their engines and crews dispersed to expanded hub stations. The reapportioned equipment better reflected the new housing construction and demographics of the area, but nothing could change the reality that more territory in each district met longer response times. This fire bug knew how to take advantage of the change. Cole just nodded. Ah, dangerous man playing a dangerous game. He ate one of the popped kernels. Salt? He's bringing his own refreshments. I really didn't need to know that. His friend rose gracefully to his feet. I thought this had the sound of one of his, late at night, edge of the district. He looked over at Jack. Gold shift. The implication that his shift was being targeted hadn't escaped Jack's attention. 
They worked 24 hours on, 48 hours off, yet all the fires had been fought by his shift, none by black or red shifts. Jack wouldn't easily admit he'd started to sweat when the tones sounded. It was hard to hold his trademark good humor when someone out there appeared determined to make sure he was going to face flames. Cole brushed his hands on worn jeans. He'd been paged to the scene from his home. Tell me about this fire. It was in the walls. First on the scene, Engine 81 had pulled up as smoke began to pour from the attic vents and around the eaves. Jack had pushed his way into the front hallway, shining his light, and had watched the paint bubble from the heat inside the walls. No flames had been visible, but as soon as he poked his axe into the wall, a dragon had leaped out, roaring. We had a hard time getting water onto the face of it. Nate on the nozzle, Bruce pulling hose, they'd lost precious time cutting into the walls. With no moon in the neighbors' homes a distance away, the fire hadn't been reported until it already had a good hold. Jack had been thinking it ignited because of an electrical short, until he saw the intensity of the fire. He illuminated the smoke line and burn pattern with his light as they walked. Center of the house, Cole speculated. They slogged across the yard now, turned into mud by the hours of streaming water. Jack stopped by a dogwood tree. I think so. There was too much ambient heat to assume it started on the second floor and worked down within the walls. Not enough fire scarring on the siding to show an origin point in an outside wall. Arson for profit didn't fit this guy's pattern. Probably a guy, Jack decided. It didn't feel like the work of a young offender either. These fire locations were carefully planned.